What? 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 Come on. Ain't nobody excited to be in Elevate today? Come on, somebody, man. I'm excited to be here as always, man, and check you guys out. I'm still, believe it or not, I'm mentally still at the camping trip. If you guys have not realized, where is Steve at? What's going on with him? I'm still mentally in a, in a tent somewhere in some woods getting chased or whatever by raccoons. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, right? Raccoons. Oh, these raccoons, man. And then just ever since then, I've been thinking about what they, they put us through. They stole our hot dogs. They stole our bratwurst. I mean, these dudes are straight up robbers, right? And they look like that because they got those eyes like that. You guys know what I'm talking about? Dreaming about these dudes. This is reckless. Those dudes are straight savage, man. But elevate. Elevate. Come on, somebody. Today, we're going to continue on in our series, The War Within Us. How many people have been blessed by this series? This series has been life. You guys can clap. It's okay. We're one of those churches. We clap, right? This series, I'm telling you, has been changing my life. And for those of you guys that just came like last week, how many people just started coming like last week? One, two, two. Come on, somebody, right? Girl, you've been here like months, man. Avatar. So we got a few of you guys. <laughs> we got a few of you guys that have been coming last week. And even last week, just last week's sermon, right? How many of you guys that just came in, right? Did it not rock your life? That stuff was so serious, what we talked about last week, a listener and a doer. And just so with that in mind of last week's sermon, I want to be able to jump into this week's sermon. But keeping that in mind so we can know that the direction that James is taking us on. James is not playing no games if you haven't noticed this far. If you've been with this series since the beginning, you will realize that James plays no games. This dude throws punches and blows straight to the sinful flesh in which we were born with. He does not play any games. He draws a line in the sand, and he lets you know, look, you're either on this side or you're on this side, but you are definitely not in the middle because there is no middle. You're either on the right or the left, and he causes us to choose that very decision or to make that very decision. I'm either a Christian or I'm not. I'm either for God or I'm against God. He does not play any games. And so the thing about uh, James is that he presents, uh, he presents this war that happens within us very clear, clear as day, and lets us know that there are things, there is the enemy, there is the world, there is ourself that comes against us, whether it be in our minds, whether it be in our emotions, whether it be in our heart that we must deal with. And the only way we can deal with, we first have to have knowledge that it actually is there. See, some of us didn't realize that, man, I have a war going on in my brain. Now, you might have been fighting this war for like 18 years, right? Who's the oldest youth in here? 18, 19, right? Oscar, how old are you? 19, so 19, you know, 19 years, he's having this war going on in his brain. And then now when you start hearing the word of God, according to James, you realize, wait a minute, there is a war going on. And the fact of the matter is, is that I have tools and weapons to go against this or to win this war that's happening inside my mind. But of course, just like we've been talking about even last week, and we will continue this week, is that it doesn't just happen by listening, right? It happens by listening and then doing the word of God that has been given to us. It happens by action, faith in action. Somebody say faith in action. Amen. Today's sermon is called True Religion. True Religion. Somebody say True Religion. Obviously, we have a title that's called True Religion. There must be a false religion, right? 
something that be called true, there has to be, there's always going to be a going against that truth, just like with the Word of God. The devil's always at trying to compete with God and go against the Word of God with his lies that he calls truth, but they're not truth at all. Amen? If we don't right now, before I even go on, let's pray, let's bow our heads and close our eyes, and let's take it to the throne. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, we thank you, God, that the battle is not ours. It is yours, God. But yet, Lord, you still desire and command us to step out in the battlefield, to praise and worship your name as we are out there in the battlefield, God. And, Lord, as we go through this series called The War Within Us, God, you have not called us, Lord God, to fight this war, Lord God. In that sense, you have called us to be present, standing in your word, and letting your word do the job, Lord God. Letting your word of truth, Lord God, to be spoken and obeyed in our life, God, to defeat and conquer the enemy, God. Lord, we are nothing apart from you, God. We are everything with you, though, God. Lord, we give you this battle. We give you this war, God, and we ask that you would have your way. We thank you that you always lead us in victory, God, and we give you glory. Right now, Father God, open up our hearts, open up our minds to receive exactly what you would have us to receive, to the praise and glory of your name, God, and Lord, that we may be transformed and become more like you in Jesus' name. Everybody says amen and amen. Last week, we learned about two different types of believers. You guys remember that? What was the first type of believer? What is it? Doers. And then we had another one called listeners, right? So these two types of believers, listeners versus doers, while both have similar traits in that both are able to listen to the Word of God, look into the Word of God, and both see the need and relevance of the Word of God, only one goes on to become a doer of the Word of God that become blessed in what they do. That was the difference in the conclusion that we found last week. That although both individuals are listening to the Word of God, both individuals are able to read the Word of God, both individuals are able to see the Word of God and see the need that needs to be applied to their life. Like, man, I need the Word of God. I need to apply, it to, apply the Word of God. But only one goes off and becomes a doer, and that one becomes blessed. The other one becomes deceived. Self-deception happens to the listener who thinks that all they can do or all they have to do is listen to the Word of God, able to memorize some verses, go to church, do some religious things, and I'll be okay. But we learned last week in Matthew 7, 21 through 27, that only the doer is the one that stays standing and does not stumble. It's only the doer that God accepts into the kingdom of God. Am I talking about a works-based salvation? I am not. I am talking about a faith that is proved by action. And see, that's what we lack a lot within, the, within many churches, within Christianity as a whole, is that, yes, we say we believe and we say we have faith, but there's no action that accompanies that faith. There's not a faith in action. There's a faith to listen. There's a faith to accept the word of God. There's a faith that even quotes some scriptures. But the faith, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, is never done. It's never to become a doer. It's just a listener. And it's that individual whose, whose fall becomes great. And so according to last week's sermon, the listener was the one who ends up deceived and that they are assumed just knowing the word of God was enough and in the end are denied by God himself according to Matthew 7, 21 and 27 as I said. The doer according to those same verses builds their life on listening and doing the word of God. On the rock 
who is Jesus Christ. Both types of people build their lives. One based on listening and one on both listening and doing or practicing the word. But only the doer never stumbles or falls away from trials, testing, and storms of life. While the other one crashes greatly and is never remembered because they built their life on the sand that had no foundation or rock to stand. And we talked about last week how we can go on the sand and we can listen to the word of God. We can listen to it, brush it off our shoulders. I don't need it. Uh, it's not really for me. I still want to just do me. And we can build this sand castle on the sand. But the moment the storm comes in, the moment the tide comes in, listen, that stand, that castle that was standing is now gone. And after that, that waves continue to beat against that sand, eventually you don't see that castle at all. All you see is a flat ground of sand going this way and that's what this wave is going tossing to and fro by the waves. They are never remembered. But it is the individual who is a listener and a doer who builds their house on the rock that never fails. And that rock is Jesus Christ. We build our lives on Jesus Christ, not on this world, not on money, not on enterprises, not on buildings, skyscrapers, airplanes, and all type of education, all type of college, all type of relationships. No, we build our lives upon Jesus the Christ. That is the rock, and in him we will never stumble. And so we learn that Jesus gives us the freedom to look intently with earnest and eager attention into the Word of God and internalize the Word within us to apply the Word of God in our lives, continuing in the Word and not forgetting what we have heard, but doing what it says. That is what the job of the doer does. They grab the Word of God and they internalize it. What it means to internalize it is they apply it to their own life. They don't say, well, Jojo needs this. Well, no, David needs this Word. No, I need this Word. This word is for me. The word of God is speaking to me. And so we internalize the word of God and we begin to look intently at the word of God. And we don't say, hey, such and such needs it. Oh, I'm going to brush my shoulders off. No, we look at it and we say, man, God, how can I apply my life or your word into my life? How can I be a doer of your word? And every time the opportunity comes and the word of God says, listen, go left. Don't go right. I go left. Even though the temptation is there to go right. Listen, don't mess with that person. That person is not for you. Leave that person alone. You are not to be in a relationship right now. Focus on God. Focus on Jesus. And then that temptation comes like, no, I want to do me. And they go and do that and fall. But every time the word of God convicts us, we are to obey the word of God and follow the ways of the Lord. And so tonight, James continues to deal with the war within us. To strike a deadly blow to the ideas and intents of the mind and heart of the flesh or sinful nature that is susceptible or prone to deception and worldly reasonings that are against the true nature of the believer in Christ. You notice here that James, like I said, does not play games. He does not box the air just, just, ah, just anywhere, just, ah, just whatever, get away from me. No, he is intently boxing. The sinful nature and the flesh. He is intently boxing the world and its lies with truth according to God's word. He is literally striking blows to the enemy, to the ideas of this world, to the worldview, to the intents that come from the enemy and the world and the sinful nature. He is striking a blow against that enemy. 
And as he's in this war, he is standing on the word of God and getting victory, and he's trying to give us that victory by telling us and sharing with us the truth of this war, that it is coming against us and we must strike a blow to our minds, to our heart, and to our flesh with the word of God and against the lies of the enemy. And so tonight we talk about true religion. Somebody say true religion. There are two kinds of religions that we talked about. There is a true and there is a false. And see, there's one. The false one comes from the world itself. And so it's a religion that the world has defined and means such as ritualistic or ceremonial. They said, oh, those are religious people. They go to church every Sunday. These are the only people that are busy every Sunday while I'm resting, watching a game and football game at the crib or playing sports. Yes, those religious people, they go over here and they do this. They equated or defined religion as something ceremonial or ritualistic in nature. And some of them even partaking it in the sense of, hey, I went to church. I'm good. Hey, God, I did you a favor. I'm in church. Hey, God, I prayed today because I'm looking to get this new car, so I need to get this new job. I prayed. I did you a favor. I prayed to you. I worshiped you. I read your Bible. Look, God, I read your Bible. Check mark. I did this. That is false religion. While true religion is this. The religion in the Lord is this. God-fearing, faithful, devoted, committed, sanctified, and relational. You see, up to this point, the world has defined and taken religion and tainted it. And it made it evil. It made it the enemy itself. And the, kid you not, the enemy is the one who's fueling this thing behind it. He is the one adding the wood to it and putting the flames on it. It is the enemy himself. And so we look at religion and we partake in religion in the world around us. They partake in religion and what happens is that they end up with a false religion because they think it's about all these rituals and ceremonies when in reality it's nothing about that. Because that's false religion. And so James 1.26 says this, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion It's worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless, this is verse 27, is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. An orphan is one who is a fatherless child. A widow is the one, right, who lost her husband or or, or her husband lost her wife. They're, They're dead now and they're all by themselves, helpless. And so the first one I want to talk about right now is false religion. Somebody say false religion. Look at verse 26 and how James starts off these two verses. Right after we heard a message last week when he talked about listening and doing, he goes off into now another set of of, of open, of ideals, or I should say going against the ideas of this world. To give us knowledge to know what is right and what is wrong. What is true and what is false. And he starts off by saying this. Those who consider themselves religious. Anybody consider themselves religious in this place? Anybody? Do we have any religious people here? Right? We got one back there. We got one back there. Anybody over here consider themselves religious? Like, dude, I go to church. I'm religious, right? You guys, it's okay. You guys are not... You're not in trouble. You guys are looking at me like, dude, I ain't raising my hand. You crazy? 
give me a timeout. I ain't going. That's how, that's how it looks like. I am not getting a timeout right now. Is anybody over here consider themselves religious, right? We got one man over there. Anybody else? Right? Another man over here, right? It says, consider themselves religious. The Strong's Dictionary says this about religion. Fearing or worshiping God. To tremble. Trembling with fear. But it goes on in the bottom and it says, you know the I-E, I dot, E dot, right? Anybody know what that means? Right? Say it. Go ahead, English teacher. An example, right? Pious. Religious. The word pious really stood out with me, right? I said, man, I need to look this pious word up. What are they talking about? And this is what it says. It gives three different, three solid definitions. The first one is devoutly, devoutly religious. Come on, somebody, right? Anybody devoutly religious in here? Right? We got a few of you guys, right? The second one is this. Making a hypocritical, hypo, hypocritical display or virtue. Of virtue, I'm sorry. And then the last one is of a hope, sincere but unlikely to be fulfilled. And see, I believe that James was talking about the second one here when he brought up the religious word in this sense. The pious word, right? Making a hypocritical display of virtue. You see, when you look at that definition, it starts to bring everything into perspective now. Those who consider themselves religious, making a hypocritical display of virtue. And see, the first person that came to mind, or the first people that came to mind was the Pharisees. The Pharisees were a group of people who were, who were teachers of the law back in Jesus' day. And yet, they were the main people that Jesus came against. The main people that Jesus rebuked time and time and time again. They were called a religious people. A religious sect, if you will. And so the, the examples of a, of a Pharisee was this. Their actions was always to talk about others to make themselves look good. And they even talked about Jesus. Who does this guy think he is? Look at this guy speaking with authority. Who is this dude? He's a son of a carpenter. He's a nobody. He's this. He's that and the other. And they talked about everybody else as though I was holier than thou. Could you imagine that? Me as your pastor, like, dude, you ain't nothing. You ain't. Look at you. Think you're a Christian, dude. You haven't even been a Christian longer than me, dude. Get up out of here with that stuff. Could you imagine that? How would you feel? And then when you look at me, you're like, man, but he kind of is a religious person. Like this dude, got a, he kind of got it together a little bit. At least it looks like that, right? And you will look at it like, oh, you put your head down or whatever, and I'm giving you all these rules and regulations, but yet myself not even keeping them. But on the outside, you would think, man, this is a religious person. But see, what happens is that the Pharisees, their only actions was to talk about others in order to make themselves look good. It was about doing things so that other people can see and then praise them rather than praise God. You see the difference in religion here. And so an individual who displays religion with the keeping of ceremonial rituals of a certain belief or faith, that's what was going on with these religious people. So they were keeping certain commandments, certain rules, certain rituals, you know, sacrificing animals and, and doing all these other, other things, rituals, if you guys can just think about that. 
sacrificing things, doing all the type of ritualistic things or whatever. Hey, I'm not going to eat for three days. Look what I can do. I'm not going to eat for three days. No pork, no nothing. That's it. No cereal. It's over with. Look what I can do. I can do this. And you guys are looking at me, cheering me on. Go, go, go. Some of you guys trying to offer me Fruit Loops and stuff and, and Fruity Pebbles. Like, eat this, eat this. And I'm like, no, dude, look what I can do. I'm going I'm to stop eating all this stuff. And you start looking at me, right, praising me. Look what Steve can do. Look what Steve can do. And so that's what was going on with these type of religious people. It was about an appearance of religion, but it was a false one. And so outwardly, the appearance should be religious, but no inward dedication or application of said religion or faith. You see, we all can pretend here. We all can do a lot of religious things. Am I right or wrong? We can read our Bibles, check come to church on Fridays, check. Some of us even go to extra mosque. And man, look, I'm going to church on Sunday, which you guys should be going to church on Sunday, right? That's where the family's at. Check mark, right? I do it. Man, look what I can do, Steve. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm sleeping in the church now. Like, how you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm behind the shed. You didn't even know, but there's a bed back there. Like, I'm legit sleeping in the church. Look what I can do. And you're like, well, dude, that's just weird, dude. Like, Go home, you know what I mean? But he, people are trying to do an outward appearance of religion while inside it's never dealt with. Think about that. I'm going to play church. I'm going to play this little religious game. I'm going to come to elevate. I'm going to pray. I'm going to cry. I'm going to repent. Or so, or so it's going to look like. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do my devos. I'm going to do one-on-one. I'm going to do it so perfect or whatever. But when nobody's around, my heart will come out. When nobody's around, my heart will come out. And you may ask, what does a heart got anything to do with it in this verse? Listen to this. It says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. They're talking about in comparison to religion, people acting religious, but yet having a tongue of fire, just spitting out all type of evil and deadliness. Anybody in here do that? Not in this church, right? So now we just do the religious part. We don't do the cursing part. We don't do the talk about other people part. We don't throw anybody else under the bus when we're not around. We don't gossip. We don't do that in this church, though, right? Hallelujah, man. Check this out. Look what it says. Yet do not keep a tight ring on their tongues. Luke 6.45 says this. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Oh, so that sting a little bit. Like, man, bro, I thought I was on point. I thought I was just, you know, doing all these religious acts. I was putting on a front. I'm hanging with the leaders, dude. We're doing big things, man. I mean, it is going down. I'm having a time of my life. I'm doing internship now, man. I mean, it's going, dude, I'm serving everywhere. Like, everybody sees me serving now. Everybody's patting me on my back. They're lifting me up. They're, you know, they're praising me. Man, you're such a good servant. You do good at King's Kids. You do good at Elevate. Dude, you're just awesome. But the whole time, when nobody's around, you're kicking it with, with somebody, one of the youth or whatever, and all of a sudden, right, the heart comes out. You're looking around. Where's Steve at? Where's Joe B? And no interns around? <sighs> Finally, dude. Dude, you don't even understand. I am tired of this chick. And then curse words start coming out, and it's like, and the other person with you, because they're just like you, just like, yeah, dude, I'm tired of this stuff too. Like, you know, this, that, other, cursing everything else, sending text messages, bogus pictures of each other. All these things start coming out because the religious act just stood at church. It's just a mask. 
And so what happens is that you consider yourself religious. And you think, we'll get away with this. I'm religious. Everybody looks at me and they, they think I'm okay. I got it all together. But you fail to realize that you can trick us. But we don't really matter. Because Jesus sees all. And he looks at the very heart of all of us. And he says, yeah, I see what you're doing in internship. I see what you're doing at Elevate. I see what you do in front of your parents, in front of your leaders, and everything's cool and dandy. But I also see your heart, and it lays bare in front of me. I see the evil that comes out of your mouth, and all it does is gives you, it gives everybody what's really inside your heart. Because for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. All that cursing, all that immorality, all that gossiping and throwing other people under the bus, all that stuff that's coming out of your mouth. Listen, the Bible says that is only, your, your tongue is only speaking of that which is inside your heart. And so you may play the religious role, and just like the world is doing, and so many other Christians are doing, they're playing the checkmark Christianity. Checkmark, I went to church. God, look at checkmark, I did this. Hey, devils, checkmark, I did that. Hey, going to church on Sunday, checkmark, I even did that. Lock-ins, camping trip, checkmark, sign me up. Internship, checkmark. And what we become is checkmark Christians, but in the end, the moment all the checks are filled in, guess what we do after that? Well, I did God a favor. I did every, all my checkmarks. Now it's time to do me. Jump out the crib, walking around, doing all type of sinful stuff, smoking weed, having sex outside of marriage, doing all type of stuff, pornography, self-pleasure, throwing other people under the bus, gossiping about your brother and sister in Christ, calling them names, all type of stuff. Where does that come from? Why do you act like that? It comes from the heart. And that is what we need to deal with today is our heart. Because we can play this role. We can play the religious game. It says our tongue will let the world and ourselves know what is stored in the heart. Anybody been telling on your heart these days? What about yesterday? Day before that, right? Like, do you understand, Steve? Just before I came to Elevate, I was telling everybody about my heart. I just didn't realize I was telling on myself. <laughs> the thing is, the word of God is like that. It will find you out. It's a double-edged sword. It will show you God's word, and on the other side, it will show you exactly who you are and who you need to repent of. It's the heart, family. I know this is not a message, man, where we jump up and down and do cartwheels, and we're like, yes, I'm so good in my position. Hallelujah, I'm blessed, dude. As a youth, I'm doing big things, dude. He's talking about me. He's talking about all the good I'm doing, the internships and everything else. He is saying so many good things about me. I'm doing so good right now. It's not one of those messages. But see, the reality is it's a message that we must listen to because so many of us in the world as believers and call ourselves Christians are deceived into thinking that they have a true religion when in reality it is a false religion. We are just doing religious ceremonies, religious, religious rituals. We're doing just coming to church and play the religious game, the holy than thou game. But in reality, in your heart, you are not saved at all. In your heart lies evil. In your heart, it just speaks. Your mouth speaks exactly what's in the heart. And so is that something to be ashamed of? Yes, but it's also something that we can deal with, praise God, by his grace and mercy. So that is the good news of this whole message. 
is that, yes, many of us may be sitting and practicing false religion, but praise God for Jesus Christ who has come so that we can have true religion inside of him. That we don't have to sit here in shame and sin and condemnation. But we can step out and say, God, I hear your message. I'm not going to just brush it off my shoulders. No, Lord, I want to be a listener and a doer. I want to have true religion in my life and not false religion. Because in the end, the Bible says, you deceive yourself. See, because your tongue and your heart, it will bring about good or evil and so expose what is in your heart. This proves that the outward expression of religion is a deceiving cover to the evil that resides in the heart. So what is this? What, what, what is James telling us? We need to uncover ourselves. We need to uncover ourselves. See, some of us hide behind these religious acts like, dude, if they can just see me praying and elevate, Steve's going to leave me alone. Some of us leaders do that. If they can see me in the word... They're just not going to mess with me. They're just going to know I'm in my word. You know what I mean? If they can see me in internship, my daddy's not going to mess with me. Right? And JoJo's like, dude, I'm going to internship every day. I was spending a night there. And it's like, I was going to hide behind these things. And it's like, dude, uncover yourself. Take the blankets off you, man, of religion. Take all those works that you're trying to do to try to cover up your heart. See, sometimes we think that if we can do just a amount of right or just a amount of good, or so many X amount of goods that we can cover the evilness of our heart. If we can bury our heart underneath so many good works that nobody will really know who we really are. Listen, in the end, you're deceived. Does it really matter? All that trouble you're doing, does it really matter? It doesn't. In the end, you're deceived. 2 Timothy 3.5 says this in regards to the deceiving part. It says this. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. See, this is contrast between consider themselves religious, outward acts, and not keeping a tight ring on their tongues and inward evil. You see, you have a form of godliness, but you deny the power thereof. See, that power can only come from inside of you, from the Spirit of God. But we're trying to cover him and shut him up. Like, no, Holy Spirit, don't tell on me. No, no, no. And we try to do good works and good works, outward expressions of religion, while inwardly dwells so much evil. In James, it says, that is false religion. That is false religion. And then he goes as far as says, from such, turn away from. He is talking to Timothy. Paul is talking to Timothy saying, listen, there are people out here who have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Separate yourself. Turn away from them people. But what happens when you're actually that person? What happens when it's not the people? It's actually just me. See, right there and then, we must turn away then from our sinful nature. The sinful nature that continues to continually denies the power that is inside of us by the power of the Spirit of God to be doers and not just listeners, only deceiving ourselves, to have a true religion rather than a false religion. So that when we begin to speak out, it's rivers of running water, rivers of flowing water that come from the Spirit of God that not only bless ourselves, but bless others even more. That is true religion. 
And so we cannot assume that our outward religious acts of ceremonial and ritual deeds will get us anywhere but deception when our inward heart expresses and declares the people or person we truly are. And that is false. And the Bible says worthless religion. You see, the world and culture of religions check marks to God when the heart is not of God. We get so many of that as, as, as evangelists, right? You guys that go on the streets, right? Hit the streets. You're going to bump into so many people claiming to be Christians with a blood in this hand and some liquor on this hand. You're going to see this. There was a time in gang ministry that I was out there. We went to go talk to this brother. He was on the corner. And we're like, hey, brother, it's a gang infested neighborhood. Hey, brother, how's it going? What's going on, man? Oh, man, I'm good. Hey, man, if you die today, would you go to heaven? I would hope so. We started talking to him, right? Come to find out. He's like, yeah, dude, like, I go to church. He said, you've been born again? He's like, well, I've been baptized, right? Wrong definition, right? And he's like, yeah, I, I go to church. I said, oh, so what church you go to? He tells us the church. He's like, yeah, I'm on the choir. And I'm like, oh, dude, that's pretty all you singing and stuff and like what else are you doing well selling heroin like what like what is that your house he's like yeah it's my house right there like it's a heroin house dude he's sitting right there two people come off talking about two white people come right love the white people right got some white people here i look white but i'm puerto rican right these people come look and they look like drug addicts they come straight up to him you know like hey give me two like what the heck it's like oh go to the house go to the house i'm like dude you're you're selling heroin to these people, but you go to church, claim to be a Christian, going to heaven, right? Going to heaven, and you're on the choir at your church. You're selling heroin, dude. Did, did, does, that not, does that not make any sense? Like, are you, are you hearing what you just told me? Where's Julie at? Julie, am I lying, Julie? Julie, am I lying? Julie was with me. You, no, no, I'm not lying. Julie was, I was about to say I'm lying. Yuli was with me, right? He was, we couldn't believe our eyes and our ears. But sadly enough, listen to me, sadly enough, you don't got to be selling heroin. Listen, if you claim to be a Christian, right, and obviously if you're selling drugs, if you're out here doing some crazy old stuff, you got to question, wait a minute, do I have true religion or false religion? See, this brother, he was deceived. He this. This dude literally, actually after this, bro, he literally thought he was going to heaven and he was okay because he was on a choir inside a church because his brother knew how to play some keys and some, some drums or whatever he was doing. Yeah, I'm going to heaven, dude. I'm on the choir at my, at my church, man. I'm just selling a little heroin and stuff, just chilling, making some money. What? How, how does that even work? It works because in the end of false religion, we deceive ourselves. We actually think we're going to heaven. We actually think we're saved while selling heroin. While sitting here and allowing the evilness come out of our tongue, we still say, hey, my religion is true. When you know that your religion is just a false, it's a deception in itself just to cover up your evil heart. And so false religion, all it wants to do is that everybody else think that I'm okay. Hey, look, look what I can do. Dude, look what I can do. I'm going to cast out some demons right now. Ugh. See that? Yes, I did that. 
Right? Look what else I can do. I can serve, dude. I can spend a night in the church. I can do some awesome stuff. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. And so the whole time, their heart is evil. And see, the question is, do we have some people like that in this place? Why we come to church? We say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I have true religion, dude. Look what I can do. I can pray for long times. I can speak in tongues. I can do all these other things. But what about your heart? What about the thing that we don't see? And see, even though you may hide that for a little bit, but I'm going to tell you something about the tongue and conversations. You're going to continue on to conversate and talk. And never so often, even at the camping trip, right? Blah. Your heart just exposes. Ah. It just, that's how, for me, like, I look at it, and I'm like, that's how it sounds to me. I'm having conversations with some of y'all, and it's just like, ah. Like, and I'm like, whoa. Like, ah, do your, ah. Cursing, everything else. You know what I mean? F this, 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 she this. Yeah, I'm tapping that. And it's like, what? And the thing is, I'm at the camping trip, right? Love you guys. Keep coming, right? God is good. Hopefully you guys get born again at a camping trip. But many times, right, I was like incognito. So I'm just walking around just like, you know, you guys are talking. You don't even know I'm behind your tent. (laughs) And I'm just sitting down chilling, right? And it's the conversations you end up hearing are ridiculous, man. Legit. And I'll get up and I'll walk away like, oh, you know? You go out to the next person, you play, listen, you play a sports game with some people, it'll come out just naturally. Let them strike out. Let them strike out one time. They hitting somebody with a bat and stuff, called it an accident, they're cursing, uh, kicking stuff or whatever. It's like, dude, you're the pastor. Like, what is this? You know what I mean? That was not me though, man. God was almost there, but still, though, it was like I got struck out. No, I didn't do that. But the thing is, right, this is what happens, though. And see, it's not, listen, I can't change your heart, but I know someone who can. And see, you can trick us all you want, man. I love you guys. I love you guys. And you guys know, I tell you the truth, every Friday I preach the gospel to you every Friday. But it is our obligation to let God deal with our hearts. We cannot continue to go on practicing false religion and assuming that we're going to be okay. Because just like last week's uh, sermon and then the scripture we used, on that day, I will tell them plainly, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And they're going to be like, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons? Right? Remember that dude cast out a demon right here, right? Didn't, didn't uh, Didn't we heal the sick? Right? Didn't we preach? Didn't we prophesy in your name? They did all these amazing things. And God said, no, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You never practiced my word. You gave me lip service. You gave me religious acts and ceremonies and rituals. Yes, you cast out demons because I let you. Yes, you healed the sick because I let you. Yes, you prophesied in my name because I gave you those words. Because my name will not be mocked. I am still God and I will still do what I need to do regardless and use whoever I want to use. I will have mercy on who I have mercy and I will have grace upon who I have grace. But you, child, son, daughter, but you, you only gave me religious acts. You gave me a speech, but you never gave me your heart. You never came and and let me deal with your heart. You never came transparent and let me deal with the actual heart of yours. You thought I was okay with just your lips. 
But reality, I wanted your heart. I wanted everything of you. I didn't want your hands. I didn't want your feet. I wanted your heart. I wanted your heart. And what is God telling us? Listen, true religion is pure and faultless. In verse 27, as you guys see up here, Ephesians 1.4 says this in regards to pure and faultless. Let me read first. Religion that God, who, who accepts this? Religion, if you guys can read it, can you get um, James 1.27 up here, please? Well, no, I want us to read. This is real religion. Okay, what is this? Okay, verse 27. Can you guys see this? Let's read it together. One, two, three. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless. Right there. Pure and faultless. Listen, the Bible says in Ephesians 1.4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be what? Holy and blameless in his sight. Pure and faultless. Holy and blameless. And then it ends the verse with saying what? In what? In love. In love. The purest form of anything is pure love from God. Pure love from God. It is that kind of love that God does all things and so forth. And so just as us, we must do things in that same love. In God's love. Pure and faultless. Matthew 20, 28 says this, says this, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ did not come to be served, but to serve. Pure and faultless. It is the opposite of false religion. And that false religion is selfish and self-seeking and self-serving. And their tongue exposes the fault in their hearts. That is the opposite. True religion is obviously the opposite of false religion. It is the opposite of wanting other people to see what I can do. Serve me. Praise me. Honor me. Look what I can do. Me, 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 me. And God is saying, no. True religion, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about others. It's about serving it's about loving God. It's about being like God who himself said, I did not come to be served, but to serve others. And not only that, but even lay down my life for them. See, how many of us in this place don't even care about other people, let alone our even selves, to go out and serve somebody else? See, we can't do this because we don't have true religion inside of us. We don't have the love of God in our hearts because we still have evil that resides in his heart because we haven't let God deal with the heart. While true religion is pure and faultless in selflessness and in serving of God and others and being God, fearing God, I'm sorry, and being God-fearing, faithful, devoted, committed, sanctified, relational with God that is expressed in serving others rather than self and their tongue lifts others up exposing their faultless heart. Their identity is not in what they can do, but in what Christ did for them that they now do for others. That is true religion. It is not about us. It is about other people. 
when God quickens us with his spirit and makes us alive, makes us born again, it is no longer the us that we are concerned about. We are now concerned about serving others, and while we serve others, in turn, we are serving God Almighty. That is true religion. It is from pure motives a faultless heart, a heart that is not like the Pharisees that says, you know what, shut up, gossip, cursing, putting people, uh, throwing people under the bus, always trying to get a boyfriend, a girlfriend, trying to shack up. It's summertime. Let's do this. Listen, that is not true religion. That is false religion. Be content in Jesus Christ and stop trying to be content in your neighbor, your brother or sister in Christ in his place. I'm talking to somebody today. You see, it's pure and faultless because it does this. It looks after orphans and widows in their distress. Why would Jesus use orphans and widows? Think about this. He's trying to tell us a message here. He wants us to serve in such a way that we don't expect nothing in return. See, fatherless children can't benefit you at all. It can't, they can't do nothing for it. They can't give you nothing in return but their smile and a big old hug of love. Widows, they can't do nothing for you. They're sitting there, lost their husband or lost their wife. They're alone now. And Jesus says, go and comfort those individuals. Go and serve those individuals knowing that they cannot do anything in return for you. But true religion relies on the serving of others rather than wanting yourself to be served by these others. And so we look after them. I want you guys here, I want to read something with you real fast from Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Look at what Jesus says. This is how important this is. Some of you guys are like, dude, I'm tired of this stuff. I just want to repent already. We can repent right now. You don't need to come up to this altar. But this is how, for some of you guys, just like, ah, I don't care, whatever. I just want to do me. Look at what Jesus says to the false religious person here. Look at this. Matthew 25, starting with verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory. If you guys didn't know, Jesus Christ is coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back. He is alive and active. He didn't stay in that grave. He sits at the right hand of the Father, and he is returning back again the second time. And it's not an old manger. He's coming back as the Son of God, the judge of this earth. He's coming back with flames of fire in his eye, with his, with his, with his thing on the side, with his staff on his side, with the sword and the Spirit of God. He is not coming back for peace. He is coming back to wipe out his enemies. And look what he says. When, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, the last days... And all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. Listen, he will gather all these people up. He's talking about the judgment day. He will gather up believers and non-believers, right? True religion and false religion. He will put them in front of him. And he will, he will separate the people from one, people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right side and the goats on his left. The sheep always represent the children of God. Goats always represent in the Bible sin. It is sin. Sinners on this side, Christians on this side, believers on this side. He's going to separate us in the end. No longer will you be able to hide amongst other believers and say, hey, I'm with this guy right here. No, on that day, it's not going to work anymore. He is going to separate. On this side will be the sinners. On this side will be the saved. Scary moment. No hiding. 
He will put the sheep on his right hand. Then the king, verse 34, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Look what he goes on and says here. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Indeed, I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in and needed clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. You did it for me. And listen, they didn't even realize they were doing it. You know why they didn't realize they were doing it? Because they were practicing true religion. They were practicing a relationship with Jesus Christ. That it didn't matter who was watching them. It didn't matter. They didn't put on no clown show. It wasn't like, hey, look at this spectacle. Look what I'm about to do. No. Low key, they were feeding the hungry. Low-key, they were, they, were, they were visiting believers who were persecuted in jail. Now listen, a lot of people are like, hey, dude, I'm locked up. Come visit me. Jesus says so. No, that's not the word. Jesus wasn't talking about like criminals like that. He was talking about believers being locked up for Jesus, okay? Let's get that, let's get that straight. They were healing the sick. They were clothing the poor. Nobody was watching them. They were doing this all on their own as they were loving Jesus. They were loving people. Just like our vision, we love God and love people. They were loving God, and by loving God, they began to love people and to serve people. They didn't even realize they were, what, what they were doing. They were just doing it all unto Jesus. And Jesus said, to the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Look what he says to the false religious. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. What is this eternal fire? What is this? Somebody yell it out. It's hell. Hell, depart through him into the lake of fire. Eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And he says, he goes on, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will swear to, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? When did we not do this? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. What side would you be on? Would you be on the false religious side or would you be on the true religious side? What side will you be on? You see, you don't have to wait to then when it's too late to say, man, there's no hiding anymore. Nate, you don't have to wait until it's too late when there's no hiding anymore. When you can't hide behind your phone and pretend you're not hearing the word of God. And it's not going to, that's too late for them. You can repent now, today, and let God deal with your heart. 
You can continue to listen and listen and listen and not be a doer and make it seem like, oh, I got better things to do. Let me check Facebook. Let me see what my girl doing over here. Let me see what my shy chick doing over here. Listen, it's going to be a time where you're going to wish you were a doer of the word of God and not just a hearer. It's going to be a time where people will wish to sit in a service like this. There's going to be a time where they're going to be burning in hell and say, God, listen, let me go free. I will sit and elevate. I will listen. I will do it, God. I will pay attention. I will do this. I would honor you, God. I will serve you. I will feed the hungry. They're going to wish they can come out of hell. But it will never open. It will never open for them. It is an eternal punishment. An eternal punishment in the awesome part. Listen, family, the awesome part is that we, can, we don't have to ever see that, ever. All we have to do is become doers. All we have to do is accept Jesus Christ in our heart and let him fix all that up. Let him deal with our evil heart and give us a new heart and a new mind and stop playing games with Jesus Christ. It says, giving up our interests for the interests of others. We are called to love and serve others who cannot love and give us anything in return. That is the challenge. That's how Jesus loved. He loved his enemies. We were his enemies, and yet he died for us and made us alive. So all who believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It says, making all things about Jesus. We are to love and serve people less fortunate as though we are loving and serving Christ himself. And that is what we, actually, we are actually doing, serving Jesus. But see, too many of us are just caught up in sports. Too many of us just want to play baseball. Just want to play basketball, dude. I just, I just like this stuff. I just want to play with my girl. I just want to play with my boy. I just want to date, man. I just want to do me. I, I'm a, I still got 20 years. When I'm 21, I'll give my life to Jesus. Listen, I said the same thing. I said the same thing when I turned 18 years old. A week later, I was locked up for first-degree attempt murder. I almost didn't see 21. It was only by the grace of God that I seen 21, and let alone have kids that are in here, even though some of them are rebellious, just like the enemy himself. But I pray they get saved. I pray they get saved. But listen, they don't realize this. My children, but they are a grace of God as well. Because if God didn't deliver me, they would not even be alive. You guys understand this. Aviana would not even be sitting here. There will be no Aviana. You hear that, Nate? Where's Nate? Nate, you hear that? There will, no, there will not be any Aviana. If Xavier's here, I would tell him the same thing. There will be no Aviana here. Aviana would not exist, but yet Aviana plays with God. But if it wasn't for Jesus, she would not even exist. She wouldn't even have life. God have mercy. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, the Bible says keeping oneself from being polluted by the word. If I can get the, the, pianist, the pianist over here, if we all can stand up. Listen to this. 1 John 2.15, it says keeping oneself from being polluted by the world. You want true religion? This is what it is. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Do we love the world in this place? If you do, repent and say, God, I want to love you more than I love this world. It says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. But from the world, we must not pollute ourselves with the lust of the flesh, gratifying the pleasures of physical desires. 
I just want to have sex with anybody I can have sex with. I'll be anybody's girlfriend, anybody's boyfriend. Whoever would take me, I'll go with them. It's lust of the flesh. It does not come from the Father. It comes from the world who desires to destroy you, to take you to hell with them. We must not pollute ourselves with the lust of the eyes, craving the things we see, such as material possessions, and going after them to have no matter, to have no matter the cost. Lust of the eyes, I just want to play soccer and, and all these other sports that America gives us to do. Nothing wrong with sports, but when they come before God, everything is wrong with sports then. When they come before God, sports becomes your God, not God anymore. You cannot serve two masters. We must not pollute ourselves with the pride of life, obsessed with being great and the center of attention. It's all about me. I don't care about dude. I will step on this dude so I can be great. That does not come from God. It comes from the world. True religion is one that loves God and people by serving God through serving people. It is an inward expression of one's devoted heart to God that expresses itself outward in loving and serving God through serving people by pure and faultless actions. Pure actions. You serve people because you don't want nothing in return. Your heart is pure. I just want to love you, bro. And that's Jesus today. We may think God is up there just waiting to judge us like, I cannot wait to curse this person right here. I cannot wait to send this person to hell. No, God, listen, Jesus is up there pleading. Pleading, just like he's doing right now. Listen, come to me. Come to me. All who are burdened and heavy, heavy lad, have to wait on their back. Jesus is saying, come to me. You're afraid you'll go to hell? I'm the one who holds the keys of life and death in his hands. Jesus does. He's the one who has the keys of life to give you eternal life through him. But you got to come. If I got the cure for AIDS and all I said was come, don't you, know, don't you think what people will come? I have a whole line of AIDS, uh, AIDS victims here standing, bro. Give me the shot. Give me the shot. They have enough sense to go get it. But yet Jesus Christ stands here every single Friday and he says, come. Let me save you. Let me give you a new heart. And we look at him. We said, nah, I'm going to go this way, man. I'm going to go kick it over here with this dude over here. I'm going to go mess with Chris. I'm going to go braid his hair or something. Just some wild or some crazy stuff. And so we serve people by pure and faultless actions while keeping ourselves from being polluted by the world and its false religious ways of an outward religion while having an inward evil contrary to what is expressed outwardly. What do you choose today, saints? Do you choose true religion or false religion? Will you allow God to bless you? And on that day, even now, come in to your eternal home that I have prepared for you. You see, sometimes we think, man, that's later on after I die. Listen, that happens right now. It happens right now. Joy, peace, love happens right now. The blessings of God happens right now. And so I got questions that says this. Do you have true religion that is an expression of what and who is in your heart? Do you have that today? If you don't, 
You need to come up here and say, God, give me real religion. Give me a heart that is after your heart, God. Give me a new heart, God. Give me a relationship with you, God. Or do you have a false religion that is founded on an evil heart of hypocrisy? Are you a hypocrite today? You playing church, but on the inside, you know, you know, it's like, dude, I don't even care about God, dude. Right? I heard one person say, man, low key, that was some slick stuff. I heard that. And it's like, man, you got to be really, really slick to get a statement like that. But see, with Jesus, listen, you can try to be slick all you want. But Jesus knows all things, man. He knows all things, man. So who you're really being a hypocrite from? He's tricking us. We don't, I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. But I have a direction. And Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Him. I can point you to him. Are you selfless or selfish? Think about that. Do you have a selfish and self or selfless heart right now? Is it all about you? Are you just putting it on a front? Or do you really love God and you're selfless? You want to serve God and serve people. If that's not you, come and learn of the Lord and get a heart to serve rather than to be served. The Bible says that the greatest one in heaven will be the one who is a servant of all. Not the one who is going to be, who is served, but the one who will serve all. He's the greatest one. Have you been polluted by the world through any of these three areas? Listen carefully. Lust of the eyes or lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes or the pride of life. Are you in any of these three areas right now? Like, dude, I'm dealing with the lust of the flesh. All I want to do is watch pornography, have sex, all these other things or whatever. I'm dealing with that. I need help. I'm dealing with it. I like it. It feels good, whatever. But I need to be delivered. You need to come up here and get delivered. Lust of the eyes. You're looking at things, sports, materials, cars, jobs. It's all about the Benjamins. If that's you and that's sending you off, you need Jesus to deal with you. Or the pride of life. Like, dude, I talk about other people just so I can get an attention. I will step on people just so people can look at me, just so I can come up. If that is you, you've been gossiping about other people, throwing other people under the bus, listen, come up here and get saved. Come up here and get Jesus. If any of this is up, uh, if it's all you're doing, this is what the Bible says. You obviously need to come and repent. And you need to do what Matthew 6.33 says. So it says a promise for us right now. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Is sports a sin? No, it's not unless you make it a sin and put it before God. But can God bless you when you seek his kingdom and make you one of the best sportsmen out there? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Because he knows you're willing not to be served, but to serve others when he puts you in that position. Can God make you a musician, a singer, all these other things? Yes, he can when you put him first. He says all these other things will be added unto you. Everybody bow your head, close your eyes. Listen, I know today was a tough message. But that's what we do. We do tough messages, man. Because we love Jesus. And we don't want to be sent off, believe in something that in reality we don't. We don't want to have false religion. Listen, I don't. I want to have true religion. If that's you today, and you know it, man, whatever you heard today, some of it pierced your heart, and you're like, ooh, that hurt it. 
Ooh, he's talking about me right there. Ooh, I just threw, I just threw somebody under the bus this week. Ooh, I was talking about somebody's girlfriend this week. Ooh, I was talking about somebody's boyfriend this week. Ooh, he's talking about me. Man, all I've been doing is a front. I've been having false religion. If that is you, I plead with you, brothers and sisters in Christ, you come up here and make it right with Jesus. You come up here and make it right with Jesus right now. And you say, God, give me a new heart. Give me true religion that is devoted and dedicated to you and not rituals and ceremonies. God, I don't want to be a checkmark Christian, God. I want to be a faithful Christian. I want to do because it has been done to me by you, God. If that is you, I invite you up here right now. Let's pray together. Let's seek Jesus together. If you fall under any of these categories, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, I encourage you, come up here. God can deal with lust. He can deliver you. He can set you free. You just got to come. We got one person coming.